Welcome to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. This is episode 14, The Disappearance of Martha Jean Lambert. Hey everyone, welcome back to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. If you're joining me for the first time, welcome to the podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into a different true crime topic. I'm your host, Ashley, and I really appreciate you being here. If you're not joining me for the first time, welcome back. I'm happy to have you. One quick thing before we get started. If you could, please rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Also, if you could write a quick review on Apple Podcasts, it really helps others find the show. Thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate it. I have no more announcements, so let's just get into this case. This case is on the disappearance of Martha Jean Lambert. And it's really an interesting case because you'll see there was a confession, but it's definitely not that simple. So let's just get into it. Martha Jean Lambert was born on March 26, 1973. Her parents were Howard and Margaret Lambert. They were living in Elkton, Florida at the time. She had two older brothers. This may sound pretty normal so far, but her life was very far from perfect. You see, her father, Howard, was an alcoholic and had a really bad temper. Her parents often fought a lot about pretty much everything. And they would often have explosive fights that the children witnessed. There was a lot of screaming and fighting going on in the house. One neighbor said it was pretty normal to hear the dad, Howard Lambert, yelling at everyone inside the house. And even said there was, quote, lots of anger in that family, end quote. Things got so bad that Martha and her two brothers were actually in and out of several foster homes. And this was due to the abuse and the neglect that they received from their parents. Her two brothers actually had run away from home for a period of time, but they eventually came back. Martha was thought to be the peacekeeper of the family. She really got along with everyone, and her own mother considered her to be her best friend. Martha would also be the peacekeeper between her two brothers, who she got along with very well. Martha was a 7th grader at the local middle school at the time that she went missing. Despite everything going on in her home life, she was described as a nice, friendly, normal kid her age. She had friends, and they all seemed to like her. She did not do very well in school, but she did enjoy going to school. And that was probably to get away from the hectic home life that she had. But she did enjoy spending time with her family. And she was particularly excited about spending Thanksgiving with her family and getting to go to her grandmother's house for Thanksgiving meal. Martha was a small girl for her age, but that did not stop her from getting in between her brothers when they were fighting to try and keep the peace. Martha was last seen on November 27, 1985. She went to school like normal on that day. And after school, she went to a friend's house for a few hours after that. 
She returned to her home around 7.30 p.m. that night. And she ate a small dinner. What happens after this is a little fuzzy because the family members each give varying stories of what happened that night. Martha was officially reported missing at 3 a.m. on November 28th when no one could find her. She is described as a Caucasian female with blonde hair, blue eyes. Her height was 4 feet 5 inches tall and she weighed about 70 pounds. She had birthmarks on her upper left chest and one on her front right thigh. Her top teeth slightly protrude. She was last seen wearing a short sleeve summer dress and or a two-piece matching bathing suit. One account says she was last seen walking down her street and was never seen again. Some neighbors had reported seeing a sketchy-looking green van in the neighborhood. And this was strange to them because they pretty much knew everyone who lived there. It was a tight-knit community, and no one recognized this strange van. And they all thought it kind of looked out of place and strange. So that was something that was pretty suspicious. Of course, the entire family was questioned, and they gave differing reports of what happened. Her mother, Margaret, stated that she said she was going to a friend's house and she would be back in about five minutes. And when she did not come back in five minutes, Margaret realized her daughter was gone longer than she should be, so she immediately started looking for her. And that night she was reported. Now her brother David, who you will hear more about later on in the story, gave a few different reports of what happened. One time he said she left and did not say where she was going, and that's the last he heard from her. Another time he said that she actually got into a black vehicle that he did not recognize, and then she disappeared, and he had not seen her since, and that was the last time he had seen her. Initially, this case was thought to be a runaway, but eventually law enforcement began to treat it as an abduction. Most authorities now believe that she was met with foul play. So what exactly did happen to Martha? Well, of course, the first theory is that she was abducted. And many people, including her own mother, believe that Martha was abducted by someone not in the family while she was outside. A lot of authorities also believe this is what happened also. Unfortunately, a little girl walking by herself would be easily picked up by a predator. And neighbors did see that green van around the neighborhood. Throughout the years, authorities have had some suspects, but no one has ever been named her kidnapper or even been arrested in connection with her going missing. There's just no evidence. Many agencies still classify this as a non-family member abduction case. Now, if you're familiar with this case, this is where it takes a turn, and it's a pretty drastic turn also. Martha's brother, 
David Allen Lambert, as you remember from earlier, gave conflicting reports as to what happened the night his sister disappeared. This, of course, raised suspicion with the police. In 1985, when his sister disappeared, David was 14 years old. He said in one statement that she just left the house after dinner and did not tell him where she was going, and he did not ask any questions. In another account, he says that she got into a black vehicle that he had never seen before. So, of course, police were suspicious of this. Unfortunately, nothing would happen with Martha's case until the year 2000, and this was when her brother David was arrested on an unrelated charge. He was arrested for passing a bad check, and this is when he first confessed to the police he was responsible for Martha's disappearance and her death. He said that he killed her and buried her body in a coquina mine near the house. Now, he wasn't charged with this because investigators did not find Martha's body in the area where he said it was, and they also did not find any other evidence to support what he said. Now, after this, nothing would happen again until September 2009, and this was when David confessed once again to killing his sister. He gave a detailed account of what he said happened that night. He said he left the house with his sister Martha because his parents got into another one of their huge arguments and they wanted to get away from their house. So they went to play near this abandoned college and it was called the Florida Memorial College and it was near their home. During this time they got into a fight about money. Apparently David lent his sister some money to buy something from the store and then she wanted more money and he told her no. And then this is when the disagreement turned violent. And according to him, Martha slapped David. And because of this, he pushed her. And he pushed her so hard that she fell back and hit her head on a piece of steel. And that killed her. David said that he yelled for help after that because he wanted to try and save her if he could. But he quickly realized that no one was around, no one could hear him, and no one was going to help him. Then he realized that his sister was dead, so he decided to bury her in a three-foot grave on the grounds of the school. After this, he said he just returned home like nothing happened. Now, when he said this in 2009, of course, investigators tried to find Martha's body, but where the old Florida Memorial College once was, they could not find any remains because it had been completely rebuilt into something else. David's statements were made public in December 2009. Some of the investigators did believe his story. However, no charges were filed against him. This was because he was a minor at the time of the incident he said happened, and also the statute of limitations for manslaughter had expired by that time. Shortly after everything was made public, David's mother, Margaret, made her statement to the press, and she said that she did not believe what David said. She said that he tends to make up stories to get attention, and she really believed that he was not guilty of what happened to Martha. She still stuck with the story that, unfortunately, a stranger had abducted her.
Now, shortly after what his mother Margaret said, David actually retracted his statements. He told the media that he only told the police what they wanted to hear because he just wanted to close Martha's case once and for all. And he also stated that he is not competent and has a long standing of emotional and mental problems. He said he actually has no idea what happened to Martha. Now, some people do say that maybe David got scared after he said this, and since his mother said he had nothing to do with it, maybe he changed his mind about confessing. This is just what people say. I really don't know what happened here. As of today, Martha's case is still unsolved, but foul play is suspected. And most agencies classify it as a non-family member abduction. So what really did happen to Martha? I personally have no idea. There are two theories in this case. One, of course, is the stranger abduction theory. And that has seemed to be what most investigators believe happened to her. I mean, there was that strange green van driving around the neighborhood that no one seemed to recognize. That does seem odd. And her brother David did confess, but he does say that he had a history of emotional and mental problems, so he might not really have done it. There's really no evidence to say either way what happened to her. If someone did abduct her, there's still no body or any sign of her. Like I said before, unfortunately, a little girl walking by herself would be a target for some kind of a predator. It does seem unlikely that she would get into a car with someone that she didn't know, but maybe she was forced in. She was a small girl, and maybe she really didn't have a choice. Or maybe she knew the person somehow. We really don't know. The next theory, of course, is that her brother actually did have something to do with this. Maybe it was an accident, like he said that second time, or maybe it was on purpose. He did confess to this, not once, but twice. But we really have to take that with a grain of salt, because he said that his words cannot be taken seriously. And his own mother doesn't believe that he had anything to do with this. His own mother said that it was probably someone that she didn't know that abducted her. He did give a very detailed report as to what he said happened. But there was no body that was found or evidence or anything like that. So we really don't know. It really could be anything. And unfortunately, it looks like we will not get any answers anytime soon. This is such a sad case because it's like she just vanished into thin air. No one knows what happened to this poor girl. It's really sad for the family. Speaking of the family, they have seemed to move on with their lives as best as they could. Martha's father sadly passed away. Martha's mother, Margaret, got remarried. Her other brother seemed to move on with his life. And her brother, David, we have, of course, heard about. The mother, Margaret, said in an interview earlier on that she does keep in touch with David and she does believe he is innocent of this.
She didn't say much else because she didn't want to give out too much information about him or about the family. And she wanted to respect everyone's privacy. It's always a sad case when children are involved. But it was also an interesting one. Thank you again for listening to True Crime Works. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And if you have any ideas for upcoming cases, you can either email me, truecrimeworks at gmail.com, or just send me a message on Instagram. It's at truecrimeworks, and you will see the show logo on my page. And I check that pretty much every day. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Well, <laughs>